the Detroit Pistons losing streak continues after they lose to the Brooklyn Nets. KD drops 51, breaking Blake Griffin's arena record of 50 points against the 76ers. We'll talk about what happened in this game, what went wrong for the Pistons, and how they blew another double-digit point lead in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Pistons Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Check out PricePicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. And we are close to 1,000 subscribers. We are just under 100, I think 40 subscribers away from 1,000 subscribers. Our goal is 1,000 by the end of the year. If you haven't already, go ahead over there, hit that subscribe button. We are almost there, guys. If you haven't already, please go over there. I'd really appreciate it. It's it's all I want for Christmas this year. So, again, we wanted to make a birthday gift or Christmas gift. Just head over there. Hit the subscribe button over on Lockdown Pistons YouTube channel. I would really appreciate it. Uh, but let's get into what happened in this game against the Brooklyn Nets. There's so much to talk about, guys. So there's there's literally so many things I wanted to talk about. And I told you guys we'd have the mill back today. So for the final segment, we will answer some of your guys' questions. I got a lot of questions. I have to only choose from a few. I can't answer everybody's questions. Uh, so if your question does not get answered in this mailbag, comment down below. Hashtag mailbag in the YouTube comments or tweet me at Kuka Hill. Hashtag mailbag again, and hopefully your question gets answered in the next podcast. Uh, but for the first two segments, we got to talk about what happened in this game. Some of the things that we need to talk about moving forward. So a lot of it, um, you know, it, it, a lot of it seems to be negative. So I'm going to always start with the positive so we can start on the right note. Kay Cunningham is the real deal, man. He came out here and he's balling. Uh, there was a moment there in the second half where Kay Cunningham and Kevin Durant literally were just trained shot, shot after shot after shot. It was incredible to see. KD dropped 51 points. I know I said that in the cold open, but man, he uh, even if you were rooting for the Pistons, that that you you gotta be happy to watch that. That he's he's crazy, man. That, some of the stuff he does out there is just it's just wild. But Cade, anyways, back to Cade. Uh, he had 26 points. 9 of 18 from the field, 5 of 8 from deep, 3 of 5 from the free throw line, had 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals in a block. Uh, again, turnovers continue to be something that hinders him and hurts the team. He had 7 of them tonight. A lot of them were unforced uh, errors as well. He had one when he was just crossing half court at like 18 seconds on the shot clock, threw a lazy pass over the guy, and his defender tipped it, took it for a layup. Uh, so turnovers definitely need to be cleaned up by Cade. Uh, but Cade, is he's, his, he's hitting his shot. If you guys remember – for the first like week and a half, I told you guys, I'm not worried about Cade. Cade's getting to his spots. He's getting to where he wants to go. The shots look good. What he's shooting, what he's creating for himself looks good. There's a difference. I feel like when you watch a player, you can tell if they're just struggling to hit shots or if they're just not really that good and they shouldn't be taking those shots anyways, I feel like. And when you were watching Cade for like the, what, first week and a half, two weeks when he came back from that ankle injury, I felt like you could really tell. You Just watch him. You could tell he was getting the shots he wanted. He was creating open looks. He was creating space for himself. He just wasn't hitting the shots yet. He was getting his legs under him. And I told you guys then, give it a few weeks. He'll get his legs back under him. And once he starts hitting his outside shots, he'll be your rookie of the year. He was going to look that good. And voila, over his last five games, I saw on Twitter, I think he's averaging around 22 points a game, 47% from the field, 53% from deep. Uh, so he's 
he's doing his thing now. I told you guys, once you guys legs underneath him, he was going to show why he's the best player in this draft class, why he's the Pistons franchise guy, and all of that. And he's just – it's so happy. It's, it's one of the best things right now. As it, Actually, it is the best thing as a Pistons fan or anyone watching the Pistons right now is that Kay Cunningham's on your team. Like, he's showing night in and night out that he's your franchise guy. He's going toe-to-toe for KD. There was one possession earlier in the game that I really liked. Actually, it might have been the second or third quarter. Uh, but there was one possession, one, one uh, consecutive possession that I really liked from him. He went to a pull-up off a, off a pick-and-roll. He went for a pull-up on the right elbow, uh, right high post. And KD caught up to him and swatted him out of bounds. And KD kind of, you know, chirped a little bit. Nothing, nothing like not too crazy, but just like, you know, ba- regular basketball talk and whatever. Uh, you know, some other players will shy away from that and be like, okay, not going to test KD again. Instead of doing that, K-, K comes back on the next possession, sizes him up, gives him a dirty-ass move, pardon my language, but gives him a dirty move and just sizes him up and gets into the lane and just goes right back at him and scored. Uh, and that, that's the kind of thing I just love seeing from K. He does not shy away from anybody. He accepts these kind of challenges. You get him one play, he's not. that's not going to stop him from coming at you again the next possession. Uh, it just... It's easily the best thing about watching the Pistons right now, having Kate Cunningham on your team and seeing that the Pistons do have their guy. No matter what Dave Bing says on the Pistons broadcast last night about, you know, I don't think we have, I don't think Kate's that guy. I think he's just a regular all star. Uh, I don't know what he's talking about. Kate's legit. Kate's the real deal. Um, and it, it's one of the best things seeing, being able to see him as a Detroit Piston every night, man. It's, it, it's, it's very fun. It, it keeps it interesting to watch the Pistons in a struggling season and struggling games. Uh, but yeah, now that we got a little bit of the positives out the way, uh, basically the oh, and there's another positive actually. Let's go ahead and give one an, another shout out or a first shout out, I should say, not another, uh, but a first shout out to Saban Lee. He came off the bench. We've been clamoring for him to play over Corey Joseph for a while now, and Saban Lee got his time to shine tonight or last night. Uh, he got a little bit more of a run in the second half as well because Killian hurt his left thumb again, which we'll talk about a little bit later as well. Uh, but Saban Lee, seven to thirteen from the field, two of five from deep. He had six rebounds, six assists, three steals, a block, and 17 points off the bench in 27 minutes of play. He was fantastic for the Pistons tonight. Uh, I think this game, if nothing else, if this game just basically sat Corey Joseph on the bench and earned Saban Lee the backup point guard spot. I, I, we shouldn't see Corey Joseph no more moving forward. Uh, it should be over with, with that. Saban Lee should continue to get his minutes and continue to play. He's not going to perform like this every night. He's going to struggle, but – You'd rather have Saban Lee out there and what he brings to the table, I feel like, right now, than Corey Joseph. And it's a development season. So especially when Saban has earned it like this, this game, and how he's earned it in the G League, going psycho in the G League, he deserves to get minutes right now. He deserves to be part of your development right now. Uh, because we already see he's too good for the G League. I, that, for me, it doesn't make sense to keep him in the G League. He, he serves no purpose. It doesn't help him get better. It's just him down there basically getting cardio. He's not, he's not getting better. He's too good for the G League to even get better at things. He's just too good for it. So you might as well just continue to play him in the rotation. He earned it with the play like he did last night against the Brooklyn Nets. So hopefully, if nothing else, the Pistons lose. But Saban Lee hopefully secured his roster or rotational spot over Corey Joseph uh, moving forward. That would be, I think, a big positive for all of us that watch the Pistons right now. Uh, but yeah, Saban Lee, Kay Cunningham, I feel like are the biggest positives. Also, Frank Jackson, he continues to play pretty well for the Pistons. 8 of 19 from the field, 6 of 13 from deep. He had 25 points off the bench. Uh, he's just instant, instant scoring. He's not always going to have the most efficient. Now he's not going to always have the most, uh, the best shooting percentages. Uh, but when he's going to come out, he's going to let that thing fly. He's going to score points for the Pistons, which they need a guy like that because they really do struggle to score. Uh, which, by the way, the Pistons ended up dropping 104 points tonight. That's like a that that's amazing for the Pistons. Uh, 
104 points, and they almost didn't get there. They were at like 93 at the end of the third quarter. They only scored one point for the first seven minutes of the first seven minutes of the fourth quarter, which is what we're going to talk about in the next segment. What happened to the Pistons after they gave up a, yet another double-digit lead? How did they fall apart down the stretch? Who is to blame? We'll talk about all that in the upcoming segment, and then we'll get to you guys' questions at the end of the podcast. But first, I got to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you a little bit about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and all the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about this at directtv.com. Yes, that's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And again, we are just under 140 subscribers away from 1,000 subscribers. Our goal is 1,000 by the end of the year. So even if you don't want to watch it on YouTube, that's fine. You like the podcast version, that's fine. But the best way for you to support the podcast is to head over to the YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. Help us get to 1,000 by the end of the year. That's all I want for Christmas this year. I'd really appreciate it. So again, best way to support the podcast Head over to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. I would really appreciate it. It mean the world to me. Uh, but anyways, let's get back into the game. So, Kay Cunningham, great game. Saban Lee had a great game off the bench. Frank Jackson had a great game off the bench. What happened? The Pistons got 26 points from Kay Cunningham. They got 25 from Frank Jackson. They got 17 from Saban Lee. How did they lose this game? Well, obviously, Kevin Durant has a big part to do that. He scored 51 points. Uh, he scored and assisted on like more than half their points too. So he was he was out there going crazy. So that's obviously a big point. But what happened? The Pistons, even with KD going off like that, the Pistons had a double-digit lead. How did they blow it yet again? How did this happen again? Uh, and one of the things I really want to point to is the third quarter, at the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter, with some of Dwayne Casey's lineups and what he decided to do with his rotation at that point. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about it real quick. So, Killian Hayes hurt his thumb, which hopefully Killian's all right. He ended up coming back into the game late in the fourth quarter, uh, but they ended up subbing him back out again uh, because he looked like he was playing with his thumb again. I hope – it seems like he, this is going to be something he just has to deal with the rest of the season. Hopefully he continues and is able to play through it moving forward because – Killian is, is taking steps forward. He needs to, he needs this full season to get better and better. He needs this development time. He desperately needs this if he's going to ever become the guy the Pistons want him to be. He can't continue. To, he can't afford to miss much more time. So hopefully this thumb injury is he's able to play through it moving forward. It it sucks that he has to continue to deal with this over and over and over. Uh, but he can't afford to miss time. The Pistons need him. He needs this development time. So I, I hope it's nothing too big. Again, he was able to come back in the fourth quarter and play, uh, so hopefully he's able to play moving forward. Uh, but at nine minutes, at the nine-and-a-half-minute mark, Killian Hayes hurts his thumb, and Saban Lee comes in for Killian Hayes. So that's when Saban Lee comes in, all right? Then the Pistons make another substitution for Frank Jackson for Sadiq Bay with five-and-a-half minutes left. 
Then Rodney Magruder comes in for Kay Cunningham with three and a half minutes left. Okay, so at this time, exactly at this time, the Pistons are up by five points over the Brooklyn Nets. For the rest of this quarter, the Pistons seem to play pretty well with the bench. Ryan Magruder is giving you some minutes. He's playing pretty well. He's giving you some hustle plays. Frank Jackson's going crazy. Saban Lee's playing out of his mind. For that entire stretch, the bench is doing what you want them to do. And even before that, when uh, Saban Lee came into the game, they had built the lead all the way up to nine points. Uh, or not nine points. I'm sorry. I read the score wrong. Uh, they, they had a lead up to seven points with Saban Lee. So they're playing really well out there. Those guys were giving you minutes. You see Saban Lee played the rest of the quarter, nine and a half minutes. You had um, Frank Jackson played five and a half minutes to end of the quarter. You had... Ronnie Magruder played four minutes to end the quarter. They gave you your minutes. They gave you what you want from them, and they were playing well to end the third quarter. However, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, things completely took a bad turn for the Pistons. They opened up with a Frank Jackson foul, a missed jump shot by Ronnie Magruder, a turnover, another turnover, a Trey Lyles floater, another turnover, and then another turnover by Ronnie Magruder. And for this time being, for the first three minutes of the game, or the first three minutes of this quarter, the Pistons are struggling to score. They haven't scored yet, okay? They score one point for the first, what is it, seven minutes of the fourth quarter? There's an old quote, before I tell you guys where I'm going with this, there is an old quote from SVG that he said when he was with the Detroit Pistons. I forget exactly what it was, but it was along the lines of, you have to know when... Your bench is giving you all they can and they played really well and when it's time to get them out of there before they start going downhill. I believe this quote came right after the game. Uh, I know exactly what game it – I don't know who it was against, but I know exactly what happened in this game. Brandon Jennings, it was when he was coming off the bench for Reggie Jackson. He was playing really well coming back from his Achilles injury. He was playing really well this game, and he was leading a big comeback for the Pistons with the rest of the bench. And SVG rode them all the way to the finish line at the end of the game. And they ended up losing on, like, the last position in the game. And that was with Reggie Jackson, Andre, all those guys were sitting out the game. And SVG came out afterwards and was like, yeah, you know, the bench gave us a spark for the long parts of the fourth quarter, but they died out towards the end. And instead of taking them out of there, I rolled with what got us there. And I need to know that when your bench gives you what they need, what they have given you and what they've given you all they can, there's a certain time when you have to get your starters back in there and know that you've gotten what you could out your bench and get them out of there before they can take you downhill. And that's something that Dwayne Casey, I feel like, has really struggled with for the majority of this season. It seems way too often, way, way too often, he rides his bench much too long to a point where they'll give you good stuff, but they're bench players for a reason. There's a reason why they come off the bench. They, they can only give you so much. At a certain point, they, they will max out and hit their ceiling, and then they'll start sliding downhill after that. They're not going to continue to give you that kind of uh, what's the, what am I, uh, impact for long stretches of the game. So the fact that Rodney Magruder was able, able to give you like four or five good minutes, that's great. The fact that uh, Saban Lee was able to give you, what was it, like 12 straight good minutes, that's good. The fact that Frank Jackson was able to give you, what, what was it, like 12 straight minutes as well for him, that's really good. But that doesn't mean you milk them and keep riding them and riding them as things continue to go wrong and wrong and wrong just because they gave you a good five-minute stretch there. You have to know when to pull your guys and get them out of there and get your starters back in the bench did their job for the first five minutes. They gave you a five-minute breather. They played really well. They extended the lead. There. They did your job. Now it's time to get them out of there before they fall down and they get taken advantage of. You get your starters back in. That's what the bench's purpose is. They're supposed to give starters a break and give them a little bit, hopefully, some leeway when they get back into the game. So once the bench acquires that, 
you need to get your starters back in there before the bench ruins the progress that they had given the starters, which is what happened tonight or last night for the Brooklyn Nets. The Pistons were up by five entering the fourth quarter, and they ended up not scoring for the first. Let's Where is it? They scored their first point at the 846 mark on a Stewart free throw and didn't score again after that until the five-minute mark. So they scored one point for the first seven minutes of that quarter. Rodney Magruder did not come out this game until, where is it? When did when did Rodney come out this game? It's not even showing me the substitution for Rodney. Where is it? Rodney Magruder did not come out this game until 5.50 left in the game. Grant Casey rode Magruder and Lee. They both came out at the same time, 5.50. Magruder and Lee were, were put out there and kept out on the court for six entire minutes of the first fourth uh, of the fourth quarter where the Pistons scored one point. You kept them out there because of the stretch they gave you at the end of the third quarter and rolled them for six minutes of the beginning of the fourth quarter where they contributed one point and had, I think, close to six or seven turnovers in the first six minutes of the game of the fourth quarter. That's unacceptable. Now, again, it's on the players to play better, but it's also on your coach to know when you've gotten what you've gotten out your bench, when you've gotten the most you've gotten, and it's time to get them out of there. I would say, look, I get wanting to give them some leeway. So if you kept them out there for the first three minutes or so in the, of the fourth quarter because of how they were playing, even if they were you know, struggling for the first three minutes of the score, you wanted to see them, see if they could get it back on track a little bit before you take them out of there, that's fine. But that's not what he did. It was not the first three minutes. It was not the first four minutes. It was not the first five minutes. It was six minutes of not scoring a field goal. The Pistons' only point was a free throw. It went six minutes of not scoring a field goal before he said, you know what, maybe we should take our 15th man out the game, our – Point guard rookie, our second year point guard who has been spending his entire season in the G League out the game. Now, I'll say this Frank Jackson, I get keeping Frank in because Sadiq has been struggling so badly. I, I get that. I understand that. And some of you guys may say, you know, Killian, could, they didn't really want Killian to come back in the game. Well, we don't know that. We, we don't know it unless Dwayne Casey has come out with a quote and I'm missing it. Uh, and I didn't see it before we started up on the on the on the recording, but I was looking through his quotes. I hadn't seen nothing yet that suggested such thing. Uh, so Killing could have been back in that game at any point after that when he got back onto the when he was able to get back onto the floor or came back out the locker room. So again, it's just it's I I I blame Dwayne Casey for that stretch going so badly. Again, it's on the players to play better. But you have to know when you get your bench out of the game. And the Pistons ended up getting down by like 13 points. It was too late. You bring the starters back in. It feels like every time the, the Pistons starters come back in the fourth quarter, I know you guys feel the same way because you guys have told me this in the comments and on Twitter and all that. It seems like every single time the Pistons starters come back in the fourth quarter, they're dealing with the deficit. And it's like a double-digit deficit too. You can't continue to try to win games like that. And, I, yes, it's a tank season. It's a fulfillment season. But they're not out there purposely trying to lose. The front office may have set – a roster out there that they know won't win, but the coaching staff is not out there purposely coaching to lose. The players are not out there purposely playing to lose. If you have to go out there and compete in these games and try to win games, they may not win games because they're just not that good. But when you're not that good and the coaching staff is also shooting yourself in the foot, you have no chance. So again, the Pistons probably shouldn't have won this game tonight. They're playing Kevin Durant. He dropped 51 points. It's the Brooklyn Nets. They're not that good. I get it. But when the Pistons enter a game, again, with a double-digit point lead at one point, again, enter the fourth quarter with a five-point lead built by the bench, and you wait till the five-minute mark to get your starters back in, and when they come back in, oh, sorry, guys, it's a 10-point deficit. You rode your bench too long, and it's been a reoccurring incident with Dwayne Casey this season. 
That's probably my number one criticism of Dwayne Casey. I can understand if these were old guys. I can understand if these guys were like the roster from a few years ago where you don't want to play them too heavy minutes. This is a roster full of 20-year-olds. They can play 35 minutes, I promise. They can play 35 minutes. They're not going to die out there. Hamidou Diallo played 20 minutes. Sadiq played 26. Killian, he had an injury, but he played 20. Saban Lee played 27. Like, Cade's the only one. Cade and Isaiah Stewart are the only ones who played over 35 minutes. Hamidou Diallo could have played longer than that. Sadiq Bates could have played longer than that. Like, bro, come on. These guys are young. They can play longer minutes, especially when it starts to go sideways with the bench. You got to get your starters back in there to steady the ship before it goes too far south. That was my rant. Let me know what you guys think about it. But when we come back, we'll answer some of the questions that you guys sent in for the podcast. Again, if your question does not get answered on this podcast, comment it again. Tweet it at me on Twitter, at Hill. We'll try to get it in on next week's podcast or this week's podcast. We'll go back to trying to do it every Friday or Wednesday. I'll be sure to let you guys know which day. Uh, We're also going to try to reintroduce uh, Am I Drinking the Kool-Aid? We had that segment last season. Uh, we haven't done it yet this season, but I'm going to try to bring it back this year. So, again, if you guys want to participate in that, make sure you comment that down below, excuse me, in the YouTube comments or over on Twitter, at Kooky Hill. Uh, but like I said, when we come back, we'll answer some of you guys' questions. But first, I got to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you a, bit, a little bit about Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. And there's so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing from. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? I suggest peanut butter brownie. Fit Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and buy all the holiday shoppers. And if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flair, flavor, they'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into some hot cup of cocoa, let it melt a little, and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand as well. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, to get 15% off your order. That's Built Bar, best protein bar ever. Then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. BetOnline had you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. I'd really appreciate it if you haven't already. Uh, but let's go ahead and get right into you guys' questions that you guys sent in to me. Uh, it's this one. It's from Evan Parker. It says, do you believe Jeremy Grant will ever be able to accept Cade being the closer? How long do you believe they will keep Grant in that role if it continues like it has been so far this season? Uh, so obviously this question was sent in before Jeremy Grant got hurt. Uh, so 
he's not going to be in that role for a long time, uh, at least six weeks, it seems like. Uh, so we'll get to see Cade as the closing. Maybe possibly someone else try to help him in the closing moments. So we'll get to see how that goes. But do I believe that Grant will ever be able to accept it? Um, I think that's actually something that people should be looking into and, and watching. Uh, me and Bri- I believe it was Bryce, uh, host of the Motor City Hoops podcast, who comes on the podcast regularly. Uh, his last time he was on like three or four podcasts ago, I believe we, we brought up the fact like, are we sure? Like the, it's obvious the Pistons plan is that when they're ready to compete, Jimmy Grant is the fourth option, third option. He's not the main guy kind of thing. They they just want people to have that guy set in stone. Now they got Cage, who's supposed to be their main guy, and filling the pieces. So when they're ready to compete, they already have their one and like third best player. Now they're just looking for like the second best player kind of thing. Uh, but are we sure that Jeremy is Jeremy came here to be the guy? Are we sure Jeremy's going to accept that? Is that like is something he's just, you know, I'm taking my two years to be the guy, then my third year, screw it. I'll just go back to being, you know, what I was in Denver. And I, I'm not sure if that's like what Jeremy wants. I'm pretty sure Jeremy came here because he didn't want to just be that guy in Denver anymore. So how do we know that he's not going to want to continue to get his touches? He's not going to want to continue to be that guy. Uh, I think that is an interesting question. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I think it's an incredibly interesting answer and something we're going to have to watch for the rest of this year. Whenever if Jeremy Grant doesn't get traded next year, the rest of next year, and the rest of however long he's here. I do think it's an interesting question that no one really knows the answer to, and everyone's just assumed that Jeremy would just go back to being what he was in Denver. When honestly, if you look into it, everything Jeremy has said and the reasons why he came to Detroit suggest otherwise. So who knows? It's interesting. I like that question. We'll see what happens moving forward. Pay attention to that as the years go on. Um, this one is from X Jessis. I'm sorry if I mispronounced this. It's a different kind of Twitter name. I'll say that. Uh, but you said, I asked the same question to uh, another podcast that you listen to. I'm curious what your answer is. Let's see what the question is. is with the big money free agent Weaver uh, signs, which, wait, what? Oh, with the big money free agent Weaver signs this offseason, which current starter will come end up coming off the bench? Uh, so I think the main guy, I think I think the obvious answer here is Isaiah Stewart. I think they're definitely going to go try to get a big. I think they're eventually going to move Isaiah Stewart back to the bench. Um, if the season continues going on like this, I think the second option would then be Sadiq Bey. Because Sadiq Bey is actively – I held off on going at Sadiq for this, in this podcast. Because you guys have said you guys had enough of Sadiq Bey slander. But we're going to have to have another difficult conversation about him because I think it really is time. We're going to have to seriously talk about getting him off the floor uh, because, you know, one of our other friends of the podcast, Hal Bridius, who was just on the podcast last week, I believe, uh, he's putting out a bunch of tweets right now on Twitter, at Hal Bridius, if you want to check him out. But he's putting out a bunch of tweets of all the lineups with Sadiq Bey, and all of them are awful. All the duos, all the trios, all the five-man lineups, uh, it's, all of them are awful. And Sadiq leads them in minutes. And while he's on the floor, the Pistons are just playing awful. It's We're going to have to have a conversation about him soon again. Uh, but I think he's the second option. I think the third option then is Killian Hayes. Though, I really do think that Troy River and Dwayne Casey have well, – I won't say so much Dwayne Casey because Dwayne Casey seems to have some kind of issue with Killian, in my opinion. Uh, but I think Troy River sees – I think everyone's starting to see that Killian and Cade really do fit together. They play really well. The numbers back it up. They're one of the best duos on the floor. Uh, I, I Last time I checked a few days ago, Killian and Cade still were the best duo with Cade on the floor. Uh, so they fit together. They play well together. They have great synergy. And when they're both on the floor, the offense seems to function much better. Uh, so I don't think Killian's one of the options to come out the bench, obviously, unless they get one of the top draft guys and they he plays over Killian Hayes, obviously, at that point. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be their one of their needs. I think their needs are going to go first center and then possibly Sadiq would be my answer. Uh, next question is from Andrew Cohn. He says, what do you think is causing this regression in Bay, Stewart, Grant, et cetera? Uh, Grant, he's injured, so we're not going to really talk about Grant no more right now. Stewart, um, we talked about Stu last season. I said 
that I never really truly believed in his outside shot if he was actually going to become a stretch big because once he started taking a lot more attempts, he his percentage really crashed into the ground. Uh, so I never really thought he was going to be outside threat. So him not shooting threes or shooting shooting well is not a shock to me. Now him just refusing to shoot is a shock to me. Um, and I think was causing one of the biggest regressions in Stu's game. And I think this is something that people are just having a hard time accepting. But I'll say it because I'm 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 going to be honest with everybody. I think the main thing you're seeing with Stu is he's playing against starters now. And the kind of way that Stu plays, if you're just being real with yourself right now, he may develop into something more. I'm not writing the end to him. But if you're just being honest with yourself, the kind of play that Stu is, the high-energy guy that takes advantage of guys, being guys down the floor, being all hustle, all 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 physicality, that kind of stuff, it's best used as a backup off the bench to give you a different pace and different kind of physicality off the bench. Um, and I feel like that's what's wrong with Stu right now. He's not able to just – basically what I'm saying is as a starter, you can't just get by with just pure hustle. It's not going to work. You can't just get by with that. And what's happening right now is Stu's playing well defensively, but he's being exposed offensively for his lack of skill set and lack of impact over there. And I feel like it has more to do with – I mean, obviously it doesn't look like he took much of a step forward offensively in his skill set and outside shooting. That's on him as well. But I also feel like he's also just being kind of exposed as a starter right now. And he's kind of, you know – just not ready for that, in my opinion, offensively at least. Defensively, he seems to do a little bit of a better job. Even though I don't think he's all-world, I think he's fine defensively. Uh, but I, I think offensively, he's just being exposed as a starter right now. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens when Kelly Olenek gets back. I know Dwayne Casey said that he's been considering uh, roster or lineup changes. We'll see if that continues when Olenek comes back. But with Bay, I told you guys all summer, guys. I, I told you guys all summer. I tried to tell you guys. You guys didn't want to listen to me. You guys kept yelling at me. You guys kept telling me I was wrong. I tried telling you guys, Sadiq Bey, the problem for me, I think, with Sadiq Bey is the fact he's worked on everything on his game outside becoming a 3 and D player. He was not a great shooter last year. He was a really good shooter. He was not a great shooter. He was not able to shoot off pin downs. He was not able to shoot off the dribble. He was not able or like take the little sidestep threes, not like isolation pull-up kind of thing, but just simply off the dribble pull-up threes, uh, simple one, one dribble, two dribble kind of stuff. He wasn't able to shoot on the move. He wasn't able to shoot off screens. He was not a great shooter. In order to be a great shooter, you have to be able to do more than just catch and shoot the ball. You got to be able to move with it. You got to be able to come off screens. You got to be able to come off pin downs. You got to be if you're a threat from all those different areas as a shooter, you're a threat nonstop on the floor, and you're incredibly impacting the floor and helping your team. And Sadiq was not able. Sadiq was not good at those things his rookie year, and that's what I wanted him to improve on in the offseason. I feel like that was the next step. He needed those things to become a truly great shooter for the Pistons and for himself. And then after he became a truly great shooter, I feel like then you can try to add some extra, you know, two or three dribble kind of stuff, maybe a little bit more at the rim if you want to. But there was nothing wrong with him trying to become just that kind of 3 and D guy. Everyone wanted to see more from him, though. And he spent his entire offseason trying to become more than that. And now he can't shoot threes. He still can't shoot off screens. He still can't come off pin downs and shoot. He still can't shoot on the move. He can't do any of that. And now, since he can't do any of those other outside shooting aspects, the one thing he was good at, which was catching shooting, he's just piss poor at that right now. And all the other stuff he tried improving on, which he's trying to do more and more and more of each game, he's bad at that too. So that's why I think his reg- his regression is about, is that he spent working on the wrong things. I'll maintain that. I maintained that all offseason. I said at the beginning of the year, that's my problem with Sadiq. That's why I think Sadiq is having a regression because he spent the time working on the wrong aspects of his game. So that, that's just my opinion, and that's why you know I've been telling you guys that for a long time now, and people were telling me I was wrong. 
Uh, again, I want to be wrong. In the first four games of the year, I came on here and told you guys, I'm wrong. I was wrong. I'm happy to say I'm wrong. Hopefully he continues this. But ever since the first four games, he's been awful. It's a simple objectivity. I'm being objective. He's been awful. Uh, and I, I feel like that I was right. I, that's all I'm going to say. I just feel like I was right. Uh, next question. What do you think of Saban Lee, especially his driving ability in the G League, contrasted to that in the NBA and what he should improve on? Uh, he should improve his feel for the game. He has to improve his IQ. Uh, obviously, his outside shooting, he really needs to – I think he needs to change his shot. Uh, but all those three things, his driving ability, for me, he had a really good game against the Brooklyn Nets, but I, I, I still just struggle to see him being a functional NBA player because of his size. And he's not afraid to drive. He's not afraid to get contact. But it seems like a lot of times, even though he's driving and getting like kind of a step on guys, he's not able to take advantage of it really. And guys are able to catch up with him quickly and, and kind of contest some of the things he's doing. Now, every now and then he'll have a great game, and hopefully he strings great games together and he learns how to play in the NBA and becomes a really good player. But as of right now, I feel like that it's it's hard to see it for me at least right now. I see why everyone else likes him. He had a great game. Hopefully he proves me wrong. But I feel like he's lacks feel real a little bit right now. He lacks some IQ, I feel like, right now. Uh, and that's not he can improve on these things. Uh, but I feel like at his size as well, and just the way his jump shot is, he's not able ever, I feel like, gonna be able to shoot off the dribble with the shot he has right now. Uh, and I feel like his catch and shoot, his, the way he catch and shoots, if he doesn't change his form, is always gonna be wish and washy game to game. Uh, so that's why I think he needs to improve on, though he's a freak athlete. So he's able to improve those things. He'll have a chance. Uh, so we're rooting for him. And then the final question I got from you guys uh, is, should the Pistons trade for Karis LeVert or Jordan Poole? We need some scoring in general. I highly doubt the Warriors will trade Jordan Poole. And secondly, Karis LeVert, I'm much more interested in Miles Turner. I think he feels a bigger need for the team. I don't think the Pistons care too much about ISO scoring right now or anything like that. I think they just they need to, they need to plug some other holes I feel like would help scoring in general without ISO scoring. I think Miles Turner will really help in that aspect as well. Uh, so I'm more interested in Miles Turner on the pace than I am Karis LeVert. Uh, but that's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We went a little bit longer than I wanted to. I only wanted to have this like at 28 minutes. We're at 34 right now. So I apologize for that. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thank you for making your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button on Lockdown Pistons YouTube channel. I really appreciate it. We're trying to get to 1,000 by the end of the year. Let me know what you guys thought about the podcast on Twitter at Kuka Hill or in the comment section down below. And make sure you make Lockdown Bets your second listen, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling is free and available on all your podcast platforms. I will catch you guys later. On Tuesday, the Pistons will play again. I forget who they play against right now. Oh, the Chicago Bulls, who are currently employing me and my best friends as their roster because of how the people they're dealing with with COVID. If the Pistons can't beat Chicago Bulls without only like five players active, they might need to shut down their organization. But anyways, we'll see you guys in the next podcast. I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody, and go Pistons.